0: The Masculine Journey starts here. Now, welcome to the
1: Masculine Journey. We're very glad to have you with us today and we hope that your week is going really well and and this would be the highlight of your week that you'll be able to listen to this topic <laughs> and something will just move you. Okay, that's always our goal. That's always that's our that's goal. That's a goal. That's yeah. a good goal. Yeah, and it's always up to God on whether
2: that And it's Christmas Eve, V V Eve. Eve, Eve, Eve. Well, there's like 20 Like 18, 19, 20. Yeah, something.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of eves left before Christmas. <laughs> But uh, you know, statistically, you know, I think psychologists and people would say that this is the most stressful time of year, you know, and, and it's not without reason. You, know, you have, for some people, trying to get the perfect gift. For other people, you know, the 12 families they got to visit because it's a blended family four times removed, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe it's being alone at Christmas or surviving it financially, you know, all those kinds of things. And So the topic that we're going to go through today is surviving Christmas and what that really looks like. You know, some of the clips we have they're funny and they're meant to be funny but they also make a good point you know that sometimes being around other people that we love is not the easiest thing to do
2: right and for me it's you know Mary or actually Cindy Lou who put it really well you know where are you Christmas you know you want it to be a holy day you want it to be a day that you're thinking about Jesus but oh my goodness, <laughs> there's so many other shenanigans that come along, and, and and you can't even begin to think about that kind of thing because you're so taken out.
1: It is, and and we've got a, a room full with us today. I don't know how many of us will talk. There's five of us around the table and a couple sitting along the sides, and as always, God will prompt somebody to kind of throw in on the topic that we're talking about. But you know, I want to start with this first clip, and, and, and really, Robbie, I'll have you set it up here in a second, but part of it is... Clark wants to have the perfect Christmas. Exactly. I mean, he's completely after the perfect Christmas. And so if you want to go ahead and set up the, the clip from there.
2: Yeah, the perfect Christmas from a standpoint of house decoration and the way the family's going to come together and the way that there's going to be harmony and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, while he's admiring his tremendous handiwork with the house lights, uh, Cousin Eddie <laughs> shows up. And And while you're listening to this, you might note how his idea of his plan of how Christmas was going to turn out has been totally derailed by the presence of his cousin, who he might, he might count how many times he says, Eddie?
0: You taught
3: me everything I know about exterior illumination. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Eddie? <laughs>
4: Oh, the house is gorgeous, Clark. (laughs) Eddie? I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. (laughs) Kids, come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house. (laughs)
0: Eddie?
4: (laughs)
5: Eddie?
4: Yeah, if you don't remember, this here is rocky. Mm-hmm. Have you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, all right. He's got a lip fungus he ain't identified yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this here's our pride and joy. Snot. Pretty name it. Yeah, we named him that cause he's got the sinus condition. <laughs> Snot, You roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. That's okay, Eddie. (laughs) That's something, ain't it? You pet him, Clark, on the belly, and he'll love you till the day you die. I I really shouldn't. My hands are all chapped. We were going to call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise.
3: Yeah. You surprised? (laughs) Surprised, Eddie? If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now.
1: You know, we played that uh, before we came on the air, and none of us could keep from laughing I think during that clip because you know obviously Christmas Vacation for it's not the most family friendly movie the G rated version is pretty good but uh, it definitely has some um, insights to way, the way Christmas can go for people now Robbie you'd pick that clip is there a particular reason why that clip spoke to you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: you know is it, you know there's this scripture in 1st in John where it says you know if if you hate your brother and you claim to love God you're a liar you might be familiar with that. <laughs> well, if you hate your cousin, Eddie, and I've got a few of those um, that God challenges me with every year. Like, how am I going to love this person well? And, and it really puts me right where I think God wants me at my knees trying to figure out how am I going to um, interact with this. And, and often <laughs> they show up <laughs> uninvited right at the minute that you're like, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> now you got to deal with something, and so you know God wants to make sure you you get the picture that that this is something that you get challenged with. Well, I,
1: you know I usually like to throw questions at people I haven't ask them. You know that's always my favorite thing, but I am going to ask you guys if you uh, would care to share when you hear that term, you know, surviving Christmas. What's that really look like for you? Because for each of us, it's different. You know, I remember a few years ago um, when my wife and I got divorced. You know, we had all these traditions that we did as a family for 23 years. And then all of a sudden, there was a new tradition that we had to start. You know, unfortunately, God really gave me some, some insight to some things I could do for the boys. And, you know, instead of having, you know, a tree upstairs and a tree downstairs or whatever that we used to do, um, he just said, why don't you send them on a scavenger hunt? You know, so I had their presents around the house and give them clues. And, I mean, that's their favorite part. They're, they're happier with that than they are with the gift most of the time. You know and so just being grateful that you know no matter what you face god's there but uh so for any other guys we got you know brian and harold and Corey.
6: yeah <laughs> yeah i know for me growing up because um, i grew up in a split household um and we always had to go 18 different places on christmas or any holiday really but mainly christmas um you had to go to my dad's and um my mom's um, I mainly stayed with my mom, but we had to go to my dad's. And then we had to go to the grandparents on his side and the grandparents on our side. And it really just ended up being a dread that me and my brother had because we knew that no matter where we would go, we would end up getting guilted uh, into why we were leaving. Why can't you stay and eat with us? You know, why are you not spending more time with us on the holidays? And it really just, it turned into something that, you know, in my looking back on it, just wasn't fair um, and not really what Christmas should be about. Um, you know, especially growing up when you're young. Um, but I was really fortunate, um, that, you know, I have a wonderful family on both sides. Um, and, and they they always did their best, even though sometimes it could, I don't think they realized just how selfish they were being, but at the same time they still took care of me and my brother and loved us. And, um, uh, Christmas was always fun growing up despite that.
1: Yeah. I think it, it makes a very good point that, You know, all of our Christmases growing up, the way we look back on them, you know, it's completely different from one another. Even if our stories are similar, the situation is probably different. You know, and and unfortunately, a lot of people do deal with various levels of dysfunction. You know, every family is dysfunctional at some level. You know, maybe a few rings out, you know, from there. But when you get out far enough, you're going to find Cousin Eddie and a couple more, (laughs) right? And so I want to play this clip real quick from Saturday Night Live. Uh, years and years ago uh, when it's uh, they produced a record called The Dysfunctional Family Christmas. Why don't you just kind of listen to what they sing about. It's that time of year when
3: families gather together to reopen old feelings, and Silver Bell Records is proud to present A Dysfunctional Family Christmas. This is the album your family is sure to cherish for Christmases
0: to come. Christmas time you force a smile everyone is joining in the group denial folks behaving infantile family Christmas time
3: hit after dysfunctional hit songs like the almost perfect Christmas dinner is perfect the presents
4: are perfect the tree and the
3: Ben your brother yells at your mother, Christmas is ruined for everyone. Get timeless favorites like, someday I'll get Christmas right. I've got my and the daughter's saw.
5: Presents and
3: wrapping paper, ribbons and bows and all that stuff. Why do we even
5: bother? Nothing we give you is good enough.
3: You'll get, can't you let it drop, it's Christmas. What I want, you can't buy me fruitcake and shame and why am i the only one who knows what christmas really means and many more
0: underneath the mistletoe it's a two by two jingle bell world and underneath all those extra pounds is a very pretty girl
3: just imagine 24 timeless standards including the classic carol of intimacy leave me
1: Today, operators are standing by. You know, I, I laugh at that, but there's, there's some of the things in there that's not really that funny. You know, you, you hear towards the end, you know, the mom tell her daughter, you know, underneath that, all oh, those few extra pounds, there's a really pretty girl, you know, and how much that would just break a kid's heart. And, and that happens to people that, you know, we go in and even well meaning people can really hurt us through the holidays when we focus on what they're saying.
7: Well, I I think it's a perfect illustration of having the emphasis on the wrong syllable Mm -hmm. because uh, one of the things that has irritated me about the thing is we start in Christmas at Thanksgiving and even before. You know, you can't even get through Halloween without. So the emphasis on the material aspects of it is an irritating thing to me. And early on, I hated Santa Claus. Because he always gave my first cousin better gifts than he gave me.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. we learned a little <laughs> bit about you before the show,
0: but we we'll do not share that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a big thing for me that I've just come come into to realization of the actually the this past week because um, you know I, I do like the holidays and I've always looked forward to the holidays, um, but I think for the wrong reasons. And now that being a new believer and understanding exactly what it means and the true meaning of Christmas. And I'm looking forward to it as the first Christmas, you know, as a believer. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm kind of excited and I'm, I'm getting goosebumps now even thinking about it. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it.
1: That's very cool. And, and I think that that's a lot of the point is that the world The enemy wants to take our focus off of really what we should be focusing on. You know, I know when I was um, listening to that clip, you know, and thinking about times being around family in the past, that it's uh, sometimes hard to hold on to your identity, right? And being clear of where you look for that identity. You know, if you find that identity in your family, it's going to disappoint you at some point. You find that uh, identity in Christ... It'll never disappoint you. we come back, we're going to listen to more, including a Santa Claus clip, which I know Harold will be really thrilled about because he likes Santa Claus.
2: At the Santa Claus
1: specifically. At the Santa Claus. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to listen to past podcasts. We'll be back in a second. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way, you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that.
4: Then you can go to facebook.com, where you can click the Donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the Donate button.
1: Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285.
2: Melikilikimaka is a thing to say
3: on a bright Hawaiian Christmas Day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the
0: land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas. It'll be will easy be just to continue to bright. listen to that. You know that's a very upbeat
1: Christmas song. You, you can actually say it.
2: Yeah, Malekiliki. Yeah. Now I can't say <laughs> it. <laughs> Malekiliki maka so I didn't know it was Malekiliki, but he told me. Well, I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm not from Hawaii, but that's the way I've always heard it. That's the way it's spelled. So I'm doing phonetically. Yeah, you had a friend or a relative that loved that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was um My ex-wife's family, uh, her uncle, just an amazing, good-hearted man. And um, he just really loved Hawaii. I don't even know if he ever got to visit there. But every Christmas, you know, when when we would go over to um, see her family, he would be there, and we would hear it at least three or four times. You know, and he just loved it. And every time I I hear it, it makes me smile. You know, one, because it's just an upbeat song, but two, it makes me think of him and just how much of a a good-hearted, loving guy that he was.
6: It's the chipmunks for us. The chipmunks yeah. Christmas. I hate them, but my grandma plays it every year, so it always makes me smile. <laughs>
2: exactly. You got those things. Christmas time. Yeah, I've got the little thing that goes around. My granddaughter loves that thing. But, you know, I was thinking about that one of the things, you know, we say, Where are you Christmas? You know, we long for that feeling that we had at some point in life that Mary, Cindy Lou, who was calling for is, you know, how do we get back to that place and that place of family? And and as we were getting ready for the show, I recalled my father. One of my favorite Christmas memories <laughs> was was a Clark Griswold moment. I mean, he, he was going to give us this Cox airplane. It was a P fifty one Mustang, and if any of you ever saw, they were gas powered airplanes, and you had to start them with your finger. <laughs> and my father's language was really colorful, and so when he would <laughs> try to start that little engine it would go put, put 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 you know and slap his finger and then we would get to hear all these words and he was going to show us you know we were seven or eight years old me and my little brother and he was going to show us how to fly this plane <laughs> and he went on he spent you know the better part of an hour trying to get it to start and every time that he would try to get the little needle valve to work and bam it hit his finger again and he Oh, again, his forefinger was all chipped up. And, you know, finally he gets a little needle valve where the engine is, it's two-stroke, and it's, it's like, nee, you know, and this thing is just ready to go. So he runs out there. This is our brand new Christmas present, right? And and he doesn't know how to fly it, so he sends the elevator up, and this plane just goes straight up, stalls, comes right straight down, crashes into 20,000 pieces, our Christmas present for you, Which, to me, you know, <laughs> the whole scene is like, that's my dad you know that that was just like really really cool my brother and i have laughed about that for ever you know he went out and bought us another plane and you know it was all that but it was all the adventure and 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 that was a sense of i belong to something you know this is this is me and my brother you know even you and your brother going and dreading they were it was family you were, that was part of your deal
6: yeah me and him always you know had each other's back in and that and it was we bonded through those times
1: <laughs> yeah i think that um. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is uh, no two years are going to be the same. You know, the one thing about life, it's, it's constantly changing. You know, and we want to think that the next year's Christmas is going to be the same as this year's. And I promise in all of our lives, things will be different. You know, I'm starting to look at it from the lens of an a oldest son that's getting ready to graduate college, you know, at the end of next year, not this year. And already thinking about, well, man, Christmases are definitely going to change then, you know, and just the constant change as your family dynamic changes along the way and that really kind of takes us to a clip from the original movie the santa claus and this is with tim allen and in this clip tim gets his son charlie for christmas charlie's not overly thrilled about it tim and um his charlie's mom is split up and so they're, they're dividing uh custody and so he tries to cook a turkey, which doesn't come out too well, and they find themselves going into a very popular restaurant chain. So let's just listen to how that plays out. All right. of a Christmas. All
3: right. Denny's. It's always
1: open. I don't want to eat here.
3: What are you talking about? Everybody likes Denny's. It's an American institution.
4: Are you with Hatsutashi? No. Dad wants the turkey. Oh, yeah. This way. Come on. <laughs> right over there? Thank you. <clears throat>
1: coffee?
3: No, thank you, Judy. <laughs> what do you say we start out with cold glasses, a delicious seasonal favorite, eggnog.
7: I don't like eggnog.
3: We're out. Coffee, decaf. Mm-hmm.
4: All chocolate milk, please. We're out. Plain milk's fine. Okay. At least we know they got
1: hot apple pie. We did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Brian a question here in a second, but there's a couple things I want to share real quickly about this clip that always makes me laugh. One, you know, when um, my uh, daughters were little, they would see their mom half of Christmas and half of the summer, and so it meant we were always driving on Christmas Day. And she lived two states away, and so we'd meet at the middle state. and So it wasn't a lot of fun, especially being up north, snow, ice. You never knew what you are going to get. we always had to stop at denny's because it was the only place open so we'd always meet at the same denny's every time but the the part that i really love about that clip is my daughters were young when this movie came out and we still use to today you know when they're disappointed about something or whatever plain milk's fine you know that's what we say to each other it just makes me laugh because that that's continued in our family with both of my girls and now my sons for a number of years. But, Brian, you had a a great point about this movie in general. You know, it it starts out like this, but it's not the way it ends up.
5: Yeah. um, If you remember the movie, uh, Tim Allen is putting his son to bed. And, um, you know, you can tell that he's pretty um, bored with what he's reading. I think he's reading a story. He skips through it. He thinks Charlie's asleep. And he just kind of skips through life. Um, He's not really excited about Christmas and what it means. He's not really um, giving his son an adventure. But what ends up happening in the movie, um, he takes his son on an adventure. He wasn't even really meaning to do it, but um, it was just really cool to see how the son, Charlie, came alive during that when he was taken on that adventure. And, you know, it just reminds me, I've got four kids uh, all under 13, you know, eight, seven, three. You know, if we just Take time to slow down and really teach them what Christmas means and really take them on an adventure. Um, You know, that could mean many different things to many different people, but um, you know, if you've been in this message long, you know that adventure is critical in especially men's hearts, but women also need adventure. So I just think it's um, kind of a great parallel to what we should be doing and um, just slowing down and enjoying every little part of Christmas. That's a really good point. You know,
1: it does move so fast, and, and life is so fast-paced. And, and definitely in that situation, you provide a great solution, you know, that the God says, let's go on this adventure. We have about four minutes left, and but I do want to go around and ask you guys, you know, what's some things that people can do, you know, if they find themselves not at a great place or Christmas is really hard? You know, Robbie, I wanted you to share a story real quick about the Christmas your kids found, the favorite Christmas.
2: Yeah, their favorite Christmas is we had— taken part in our church's event which was to go take you know food to the less fortunate or toys whatever we went and picked up our goodie bag from the church and they gave us an address to go to and we got there you know the house was nicer in our house and there was a lexus in the driveway so we're like we're not feeling the christmas thing right there you know and my wife was like well i I do bible study with this lady who doesn't even have the money to buy a coat i helped her get a coat i'll bet they don't have much for christmas and i have her address here because i took her home a couple times And so we end up in the middle of Yadkin County somewhere in a trailer park. And when we get to their house, they're outside. It's like 12 degrees outside. And they're outside warming themselves in a trash can that's full of wood because they have no heat, no electricity in the house. They have nothing for Christmas dinner. They have no toys. They have nothing. And I guess my kids were maybe, the older ones were 10 and 11 at the time. Mariah was like two. So my kids was like this I'll give them my kids. I, I'll give them my toys, dad, you know, whatever I, I've got under the tree, let's give them this, you know, let's go get them. You know, they can have our dinner, you know, they can have our food. And and they were all about making sure that this family, um, and, and we went and got stuff and we came back and, and, and got their house warmed up. And, and, and it was, it was the Christmas that I can assure you for our family. Um, they'll never forget. And it was just, Really, God directed that we went out on the what we thought was the adventure. When it didn't turn out to be that way, you know, my wife got resourceful.
1: Absolutely, and they did go on an adventure, and they lived in the bigger story. Right, right, and, and I think that's part of you know what we're all called to do is to step out of that small story, regardless of what we're facing. You know, I know that everybody's facing different things, and some people are challenging challenged in a lot of different ways. Corey, you got any thoughts on how people can kind of get
6: through whatever they're going through? Well, I know for me, um, like I said, I'm you know I'm excited about this Christmas because first Christmas as a believer. I think this this year I'm just gonna like you said slow down um, and live in the moment of of it and just try to appreciate it for what it really means and what it really is, um, and try not to get myself caught up in um, all the hustle and bustle of of Christmas and going from here to here and um, just be patient with everybody and just really just enjoy being with, uh, the people I love, um, and trying to, you know, thank God for the blessings I have. Um, because really I think from my perspective now, that's really what Christmas is about is, you know, thanking him for all the blessings that you have and not so much giving presents and and all that good stuff. So I'm just going to take it slow. Um, and like I said, live in the moment and try not to lose my patience.
1: Okay, thank you. And so, obviously, Robert, you talk about helping others, you know, and then, Corey, you you know, talk about keeping the perspective. Harold, Brian, anything you guys can think of that people can kind of focus on or try to put their sights on throughout this holiday season?
5: One thing I would add, you know, every um, cousin Eddie, I mean, there's always one of those. We always have an opportunity, no matter what it is, to – share the good news of what Christ has done in our life you know a lot of us have grown up in different ways but um, you know if we live in our identity we can definitely um, make a big impact in others lives if we're just living in that true identity that Christ has given us so um, I would just say use
7: use it as an opportunity to share Harold real quick anything that you can think of? yeah I, I tend to agree with what Brian just said that We need to get over—I used to get irritated because Christ wasn't born in the winter. He was born in the spring, and that was a big deal to me. But the fact that we recognize that Christ was born and did live and die for us is the important part.
1: Thank you. No matter what you're facing, obviously we say every week the answer is God, but what that looks like is different for every one of us. Maybe we need to seek our identity in Him. Maybe we need the larger story. Maybe we need to feel His loving arms around us this Christmas. But what He knows— is that you need Him and you need Him in your heart this Christmas